Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan from Mount Gambier, Australia, and this is my quest to teach the whole New Testament as deeply and helpfully as I can. So grab your Bible and a beverage of choice, and let's take a few intentional minutes together in the deep end. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. We have been looking at how Jesus interacted with the all-important sacred writings of the Jews, known to them as the Law of Moses, known to us as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. The last episode explored murder, but more importantly, the root of that big sin, which Jesus identifies simply as anger that rises up in the heart. In this episode, we're going to look at another example of this sort of thinking from Jesus, and I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 to 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Just like last time, when Jesus spoke about the big outward sin of murder, we could imagine some people in the audience breathing a collective sigh of relief here. Well, I'm not cheating on my spouse. No big sins happening here. Nothing to see. And I can tune out for a few more moments here. But just like the previous point Jesus made about murder starting at anger, this lesson takes a similar sort of direction. Adultery is a terrible sin, and the people of Israel knew this well. In fact, like murder, this was a capital offense. But again, Jesus teaches that it too has a deep root in the heart. In fact, this root starts forming at that first leery stare. Dwelling on that stare and letting our imagination run wild forms a root of lust in the heart. And if that root is ignored, something the Jews knew to be a capital crime could in fact bloom. Sadly, this blooming was simply the evidence of something growing unchecked long before the act took place. Nobody was teaching Israel how to deal with these types of roots within the heart, and who knows how many slippery slopes could have been avoided if they had. There is in fact a link between the heart and action which is recognized in the Old Testament. We see this in places such as Job chapter 31, where the man in question poetically speaks about his own moral commitment. It's worth reading the whole chapter, but let me read a few parts to you now. In verse 1, he writes this, I made a covenant with my eyes, not to look lustfully at a virgin. In verses 7 to 11, it says this, If my steps have turned from the path, if my heart has been led by my eyes, or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown, and may my crops be uprooted. If my heart has been enticed by a woman, or if I have lurked at my neighbor's door, then may my wife grind another man's grain, and may other men sleep with her. For that would have been wicked, a sin to be judged. The eyes and the heart are certainly addressed in the Old Testament. The eyes in Job's view are the gateway to a whole lot of heartache down the track if things aren't kept in check. A scholar once wrote this, Acts of shame are always preceded by fantasies of shame, and inflaming the imagination begins with the indiscipline of the eyes. 
Jesus would say this later in Matthew 15, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. According to Jesus, our minds and our hearts really are a crazy cauldron where all sorts of fantasies and lusts can sprout and grow unhindered. And through lots of life experience, we can see that extreme behaviours do emerge from those seemingly harmless places. There is an emerging view from the professional sector that points to a major link between the sexual content we allow into our minds and our eventual sexual conduct. In the most recent of surveys, it is believed the lucrative adult entertainment industry has about a 60-40 split between male and female clientele. These things are doing significant damage in relationships. And the latest research shows us it is even damaging the cognitive parts of our brains. The teaching of Jesus here is that we are adulterers already in our hearts through lustful indulgences. In other words, significant moral damage is already taking place, even if we haven't acted on our impulses. And modern scientific research seems to confirm this internal damage to be true. We live in a sexually saturated time in life. It is frequently celebrated in movies, and it is presented as something primal and without consequence on a number of recent TV shows. The ones where ancient worlds are being depicted in war particularly stand out in this regard. The truth is this, we and those we share homes with are exposed to sexualized ideas and visual cues often. So the call to be mindful in this area has never been greater. You might ask the question, how mindful do I need to be? Well, it appears Jesus has a pretty radical answer to that question. To avoid the eventual external shame of adultery, we are called here to cast a surgically sharp eye over our hearts and our motivations. Jesus says if our right hand or our right eye causes us to sin, well, cut them off. Be maimed in body if you need to be in order to enter the kingdom of God whole in your heart. Now, does this mean I need to get the scalpel or even the hacksaw out? Do I need to follow the lead of certain church fathers who took this absolutely literally? The third century scholar Origen Adamantius felt so consumed with lust that he castrated himself for the work of the Lord. Does following Jesus call for such drastic action? The short answer is no. If you are new to biblical concepts, please understand that this is very much a metaphorical point being made here. A theologian named John Stott once made some helpful comments about this verse. He writes this, We should behave as if we had actually cut off our hands and our feet and have spiritually crippled ourselves so that we could not do the things or visit the places which would previously cause us to sin. It's better to accept a bit of cultural amputation in this world than to risk final destruction in the next. Jesus is calling here for those who would go the way of his kingdom to be willing to cut some things off of their lives in order to take hold of the way of life he offers. This sometimes means wielding a spiritual scalpel on the things in our hearts that simply don't belong there anymore. And while adultery and other sexual sins are clearly not a good thing for anyone, and the harm this does to relationships is obvious, a disciple of Jesus understands the metaphorical holy scalpel needs to go deeper than just the behavior. 
There is heart stuff going on that Jesus wants us to be aware of. There is a root to this sinful weed, and we need to pull it all out to stop it growing back. Jesus tells us here, don't turn your eye to lustful things. Those sideways glances at others and the imaginations and the fantasies, these don't need to be fed. They actually need to be cut away. And those images and the videos that are constantly calling in this sexually saturated generation are also things our eyes have no business seeing. Jesus also says here, don't put your hands to such things either. Take them off the keyboard and mouse. Put away the remote. Walk away from certain environments where those things might be fed. Instead of these things, we can do something proactive. We can make a commitment that resonates with Job. We can make a covenant with our eyes that will eventually extend to our hands via our heart. Remember that Jesus makes the law of Moses a springboard into empowered, godly living. We don't live satisfied just because we did the right thing by our spouse and didn't commit adultery. We know from the last episode that kingdom people are better than that. The Holy Spirit resides in us, so we have what we need to live out what Jesus is teaching us here. In the power of the Spirit, be diligent in the area of sexual purity inside and out and excel in all those areas of life where morality and sexual conduct play a part. You will certainly be glad that you did, and all those you love, well, they will be too. Through this teaching, we are reminded the kingdom of God is a place of purity and wholeness. It is populated with people who are pure in heart, and these people do what it takes to relentlessly pursue that, including the occasional bit of spiritual surgery. It may be that you need to do some real business with Jesus about this issue as you hear this. You might need a pretty sharp spiritual scalpel in some places. Our browser histories, our viewing and streaming choices, and other patterns and habits in our lives, these may need to be heavily addressed. Some metaphorical limbs and eyes may need to be cut off. And you all heard me say metaphorical, right? Friend, let me encourage you here. The cultural and spiritual amputation process is worth the effort. The heart can be weed-free, and Jesus is in the business of restoring things. The bits that face the scalpel of righteousness will heal quickly, and you will be amazed at the sense of wholeness you will find yourself in. Let me finish this episode now with a word of prayer. Jesus, you are calling me to address areas of sin by the roots, and my moral choices are part of that process. I know that you can see my heart and what is growing there. And I ask you now to help me see those things for what they are too. Help me to have a pure heart. Help me to not entertain lustful things in my mind and being. Help me to direct my hands and my eyes towards holy and wholesome things. And help me to cut off the things that don't belong, knowing that as I figuratively cut, you will completely heal and restore. And finally, Jesus, I ask you to put good and safe people in my life where these choices I am making can be shared in healthy and accountable ways. I echo the commitment of Job. I make a covenant with my eyes that lust will not make its way into my heart. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about this podcast and other ministries I'm involved in, go to my new website, www.ministryinthedeepend.com.au. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. So please like, 
follow, subscribe, connect and comment wherever you can. I'll look forward to catching up next time. See you then.